0: Good morning to everybody. Happy Mother's Day. I'll just say that right out in the very front. Guys, it's Mother's Day. Kids, Mother's Day. Just FYI. Um, so, a few things are going on this week, and you've already seen announcements for them. But on Friday night, we have the Aspire Women's Conference, and that's been something we've been trying to get going for a while. Uh, we couldn't do it because of COVID, and they tried to reschedule it. So, ladies, this will be a great time together just to hang out with ladies from our church, but also ladies from our community. God's going to do some great things on that Friday evening, and I'm hoping that you, if you're hesitant to go, um, I- I'm hoping you'll just you know, pull the trigger and do it, because those, it's, it's, it's supposed to be really good, and, and, and my prayer is for you, and I think it's going to be a, a fun time. Um, not just fun, but there's going, to be, there's going to be good, spiritual, godly substance there, um, if not just the community you'll experience. And also, next Sunday, we get to celebrate our teens, our, se- our seniors, and usually, uh, I don't know how it is in a lot of different churches, but sometimes it's really just the family and friends of the, of the seniors will attend. These are moments we need to be celebrating as a church family. You know, this is a, this is a momentous moment. Is that redundant? Momentous moment. Um, because this is an accomplishment, and we celebrate with each other, with accomplishments. So I'm going to encourage you, if you have the opportunity... To celebrate with our seniors next Sunday as well. Um, Let's pray as we begin today. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for bringing us together. Thank you for each and every person in this room, for every person that's watching online. Lord, thank you for uh, giving us just the ability to to hear and uh, the desire to want to know you more. So today, open our minds, open our hearts, help us to listen. Uh, We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today as a culture, we, um, I guess, accumulatively, we uh, collectively celebrate motherhood, the value of motherhood. And I hope today is sweet for you, and I think for the most part it will be. Uh, But we also know that for some, these special days are difficult. We know that, that for some, these days are painful reminders of... The fact that we've had to say goodbye to our mothers. Maybe we haven't had the glowing relationship with our mothers that that some people have. Maybe for some of us, motherhood is something we are desperate for, but for some reason it just stays out of reach. These kind of days, though special, are hard on some. And I want you to know, if this is you, my heart's with you. Today I wanted to tell a story. Um, it's from Matthew 15, and I'm going to try to get right to the point so I can keep it brief, so you can be at Olive Garden at 11, or maybe, maybe I don't know, 11, 15. Um, so maybe it's my gift to you, just consider that. Uh, so Matthew 15 is a series of three stories, and, and I'll, I'm just going to go through them. So the very first part of Matthew 15, we have this uh, interaction between Jesus and Pharisees, and the Pharisees are, are asking Jesus and his people, hey, why don't you wash your hands before you eat? That's what we're supposed to do. Wash your hands, why don't you do it? And, and then, you know, Jesus doesn't respond like he, they think he should. Um they were continually washing their hands throughout the day. It was part of their traditions, okay? Uh, now, traditions are different than actual rules, but tradition uh, of the elders is what they say in this particular passage. The tradition of the elders uh, is something that had developed over a very long period of time. It wasn't really based in Scripture. It wasn't really based in the law. Um, it was more um, extra. It was some things you maybe needed to do to make sure you didn't break the law. And uh, the routines and the traditions, although not necessarily part of Scripture, they'd become comfortable. And some of them even thought they had to do it, or else they were in peril. So, so they asked Jesus, why don't you wash your hands before you eat? It wasn't about germs. It was about staying ritually clean before God. And so Jesus, he doesn't respond with, because I said so. He responds with um, an just, I guess, an accusation. He says, Well, why don't you take care of your parents? Why is all the money that you are supposed to give for your parents, why all of a sudden are you saying that's devoted to God? Now, that's another tradition or unspoken loophole. What happened is you had money, you had to take care of your parents. That's in the Big Ten, right? Honor your father and mother. But what they had done is they said, uh, Well, You know, Mom, Dad, sorry, thanks for everything you've done, but this is devoted to God. And these are Pharisees, and so really they make a living off of money devoted to God. So basically, they're just giving back to themselves. That's that's a pretty good security plan, I guess. I don't know if there's an IRA for that, but that's what they were doing. And they're like, whoa, 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 why are you talking about this all of a sudden? Their tradition, the loopholes, but the tradition had kept them from loving those people that were closest to them. They'd actually kept them from actually obeying the law, doing something God had commanded them to do. So Jesus calls them hypocrites. And his disciples hear this and they go up to Jesus and they say, hey, whoa, whoa, Jesus. They were offended that you said that. Did you know that? Which is kind of funny that the apostles would actually be defending the Pharisees. But I think the apostles they were really into tradition also, when it, at least when it suited them, because tradition really is comfortable. Tradition has a way of sneaking up on us. Uh, the traditions in this case had kept the Pharisees from caring for those that were closest to them. Then we move into this next little story, and this is where I want to kind of rest today. Um, this story is about a desperate... Woman, let's go ahead and read. It starts in verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to Him crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So His disciples came to Him and urged Him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that moment. Now this is one of those problematic stories in scripture where Jesus and his disciples were, well I'll just say it, they're pretty rude. Doesn't that seem like they're being rude? It does to me just through the text. Now granted Matthew did mention that she's a Canaanite woman. Now Canaanite, you know Canaanites, uh, these were the people that Joshua was supposed to have gotten rid of, you know, back, way back. And here it is, 1,400 years later. Tradition says, if you're a Canaanite, then you really aren't worth much of anything. Canaanites, well, they're just a remnant of our failure. <laughs> How would you like to be known as that? So the apostles didn't really even see her as much of anything because she was a Canaanite. So here's the Canaanite, an enemy of Israel, very loudly calling Jesus by a term that only uh, Jewish people used, son of David. Only Jewish people used that. She probably didn't even know what it meant. She probably thought it meant that he was a literal son of David, you know, in the descendancy of David. When it was healing people, and for her that's enough. And her daughter was desperately sick, demon-possessed. Have you ever known anybody demon-possessed? I mean, I've seen some movies, and I would be desperate too. Right? If your kid's head's turning around, that's a, little des- that's a desperate moment. I don't know how it worked back then. But I do know it was scary, and as a, as a parent, seeing your child go through that? Desperate. Nowhere else to turn. And just like a desperate mama, she is not leaving until she gets what she came for. Do we have any moms like that in this room? But Jesus doesn't respond. Isn't that that crazy? He doesn't respond. He doesn't even look at her. The only ones who did respond were the disciples. And what do they say? Hey, could you get rid of her? She's really making a lot of noise. Because the Canaanite... I mean, to the, uh, to the apostles, she's a Canaanite. And not only is she a Canaanite, but she's a woman. And, you know, in that day and age, women weren't very valuable. They had very little power. Their value was in their biology. And, you know, so, so for her, they didn't want any more Canaanites. So for her, she was less than nothing. Now, granted, I know that the apostles learned a few things. But at this, po- at this point, she doesn't really mean anything to them. Less than anything. But she was not going to give up. She was determined. And then Jesus says something that I still struggle with. Scripture's not always clean cut. He says, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Here she is desperate. And it seems like he's insulting her. Was it a test? Maybe. He could have been saying that to see how the apostles would react. Would they come to her defense? Nope. They were like back there going, that's right. Mm-hmm, get. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if, they, if that was a Galilean accent. I don't really know. Um, but what's, what's crazy is that these, these apostles had more compassion for a Pharisee that was offended than they had for a desperate mother. A desperate mom with a spiritual problem. But she was not deterred. She didn't even act offended here. She just kept going, plowed all the way through. In fact, she responds with this clarity of purpose because she believes without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus can heal her daughter. So when he says this, her response is quick. I believe it's quick, and I believe it is with complete confidence. She says, yep, but even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. This woman is not concerned with tradition at all. She doesn't care if she's part of this people way back that never left. She doesn't care any of this. She has a, has a problem, and she wants Jesus to help her. Her belief in his ability to heal was such that that the crumbs of God were enough. Would the crumbs of Jesus be enough for us? And are you desperate enough that that's, that's okay for you? You know, you can tell when people are desperate and you can tell when they're not. Um, back in Houston, we lived. Uh, we worked on the freeway. Our church was right on the freeway, and we would a lot of times get people that would come in. And, and one guy in particular came up to me and a good friend of mine, and, and he says, man, I need a job, and I need a place to stay. Can you help me? Well, my friend's the head of the labor union there, there in, in Houston. I know Texas is not a labor state, but he, was, he could get you a job. And he gave him a card. He says, you call me, and, and tomorrow morning you come in, and I will have you at work tomorrow afternoon and we'll, we'll set you up, and so we took him to a, a hotel called the Smile Inn, and I'll tell you that that, that name is, um, is very generous for this place. <laughs> he got out, took one look at the place, he says, I'm good, I'm good, I'll see y'all, thanks. Not desperate. However, there was a woman in Florida, you may have read this article, who was desperate that her daughter become homecoming queen. She was so desperate that she used her influence as assistant principal of a school and hacked into the system and changed all the votes so that her daughter won the senior homecoming queen It's pretty, or prom. It's pretty nice, isn't it? It's pretty good. Well, four months later, uh, they're both under indictment and federally charged and could spend 16 years in federal prison, even her daughter. Desperation makes us do some crazy things. <laughs> Apparently, she was desperate. This Canaanite woman was desperate, and she was not going to leave. She was de- desperate enough to keep asking, desperate enough to keep bugging Jesus and these apostles, and and not leaving. But what did Jesus say? Ask, and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. She kept asking. What is it you keep asking God for? And are you desperate? Are you desperate for someone maybe in your family to be healed? Are you desperate for for God to heal you? Are you desperate maybe to find God? Maybe you feel like you're just lost are you desperate to return to god are you desperate to find peace are you desperate to find sanity again are you desperate for someone in your family to return to god to find peace and i know many of us maybe you have children who've left the faith or they've simply stopped believing and you pray and you pray and you pray and and sometimes it feels like god's not listening Maybe you feel like, I'm just getting the crumbs. Give me something more, God. This is what I ask. Is my faith such that the crumbs of God are enough? Why is it that a Canaanite woman has to teach me about faith? There are only two non-Jewish women that Jesus calls out for having great faith. It's this woman is one, and the other one is this woman who continually annoys an unjust judge because they're desperate. And I wonder, how desperate am I for God? What's interesting is that Jesus heals her daughter right there. He didn't even have to be with her. He heals her daughter, probably to the chagrin of the disciples who obviously are more concerned about and passionate about tradition than they are about desperate people. And for Jesus to say that this woman had great faith was probably offensive to these apostles. So what does he do? He demonstrates in our third story to these apostles just what crumbs can do. And when 4,000 people plus women and children gather together, he has compassion on them. And he takes seven loaves and two fishes and he feeds probably around probably seven to 10,000 people. This is what 10,000 people looks like. And to 10,000 people, seven loaves and two fishes are nothing more than crumbs. Yet they had seven basketfuls left over. They had enough. More than enough. The crumbs of God are more than enough. And Jesus demonstrates that, so much so that there's... much to spare much left over and for this canaanite woman as well the crumbs of god were enough to heal her daughter are they enough for us so if you're desperate for god if you need an answer to prayer i want you to know god does hear you even though you may not feel like he's listening and no matter what the situation is you need to know god is paying attention I believe that with all my heart. I stick my life on it. So I want to encourage you, keep asking loudly if you have to. So what I'm going to do for the next probably three to five minutes, I just wanted to have a moment because I know that there are, there are people in this room who are desperate. And you may not wear that on your sleeve. You may look really nice today, but inside you're desperate. And I wanted to give us an opportunity where we can just respond and just have a time of prayer. So in a moment, I'm gonna ask you all to stand and we're just gonna sing one or two songs. Jeff's gonna lead us. Our our elders and some of our staff are gonna be around the room. And I'm just gonna offer, if you need prayer, just raise your hand or find one of these people. You don't even have to tell us details. Just raise your hand, let us come over, maybe just tell us your name and let us pray for you. Because sometimes we need people to help us along. And I want to take this moment where we just pray and the desperate among us can cry out to God. Let's stand together. I'll pray and then we'll start to sing. If you need prayer, raise your hand and we'll be done in a few minutes. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would help us, Lord, to be completely open and honest with you. And I know that there are so many things in our life that aren't as we would like them to be. But I pray right now, Lord, for those people in this room who need prayer and need help, that you would just help them to be courageous and raise their hand or find somebody. Maybe even if it's the next person, the person next to them. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to pray. Give this to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing. You may be seated. Jesus says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Which one of you, if your son asks for for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? How much more then, even though you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God give good gifts? to those who ask Him. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you. Be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face to you and give you peace. Amen.